Welcome to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast, where insights, attitudes, and methods for success get illuminated. Learn what leaders and change workers have done and are doing now to create magnificent futures. We interview great guests who inspire you to overcome obstacles and achieve your goals. Be sure you visit our website at self-helpcoaching.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, just relax as you listen. You can do something else, but be ready to make an important note. And let's get started. The title of this interview is How to Create an Unstoppable Life. And my guest is Amrita Rose. The categories and themes of this conversation are positive psychology, life coaching, career coaching, and that little, uh, little talked about but extremely important thing known as resilience and our guest of course as i mentioned is Amrita rose and she's going to be talking about her new self-help book coming out and a great new diy for those who don't know that means do it yourself online course that she has both of which help people increase their resilience and create lives that feel happier more aligned with their core values and more successful. And she's also going to be talking about some simple ways that people can increase their resilience and confidence through meditation and positive psychology practices. Now a little bit about Amrita. She is a life and career coach, a Akashic worker, a yoga and meditation instructor. She has multiple certifications and trainings in various traditions of yoga and yogic science as well as several traditions of meditation and pranayama, which is breath work. She brings an integrated blend of positive psychology, yogic science, somatic awareness, that means body for those who don't know, uh, and movement, energy, and meditation to her work with clients around the country. Since 1995, her classes, coaching, and energy work invite people of all levels to broaden their perspectives, increase mental and physical flexibility, and deepen connection to body and mind while building resilience through a unique combination of practices. With that all said, welcome, Amrita. A pleasure to meet you. Tony, it is so lovely to meet you and talk with you today. And, and thank you for the delightful intro. The intro. <laughs> you're quite welcome. And you know, and this and this is not uncommon. Uh, obviously, we're both in the change work profession. We're both coaches. Uh, we're all about personal development. Uh, so those listening, uh, which is, I hope there's a, a bunch of people. That's the idea of this. Uh, and by the way, in case you, in case you don't know, Amri, ninety nine point nine percent of the audience is listening. We we put we put this on YouTube. Mm-hmm. This, this is an audio podcast, but we, as an extra, we put this on YouTube. Uh, yeah. You know, you and I just met just a few minutes ago, but we and then we discovered mm-hmm. uh, next to the change work that we have so much more in common. Uh, she's a seller. I'm a seller. Uh, we talked about upstate New York, where she's from, and I talked about how much I love. I actually grew up going to upstate New York, and I have plans for Lake Placid, Lake Placid area, where she spent a lot of time. Did you say you were you from there originally, Lake Placid area? I'm not from there, but I lived in Keene Valley for a couple of number of years, and it was amazing. Yeah. Now I love the Adirondacks. Anyone who 
visits them would. But of course, now Amrita lives in the serious mountains. She's out in Colorado. <laughs> Anyone in Colorado, they talk, don't mention, you know, the uh, Adirondacks or worse, the Catskills to them because they'll, you know, they'll give you some serious inferiority complex because the Rockies yeah. are very, very serious mountains. Yeah. But I have a dream. Yeah. Oh, having- we're. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I have a dream of having a place out in the Rockies because, and I've never been because those mountains are just, uh, just incredible. They're, that's why I moved here is I wanted bigger mountains. Although, you know, weirdly, we got more snow in the Adirondacks than we do out here. <laughs> it's great. And I tease everybody out here for it. I'm like, what happened? My God. I, I know. I, it's the snow upstate New York is a very serious thing. But I figured in the Rockies, it yes. can get more serious. I mean, you heard of the Donner Party, yeah. right? The Donner Party, right? The, yeah. 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 So you know, if you're near, I'm near Boulder, Colorado. And so near Boulder, we don't get a whole lot of snow. When you get right into the mountains, absolutely. Yeah. And powder rather than ice skiing. So, yeah. You know, but it's lovely being back in the mountains. It's, you know, we're both sailors. I love sailing. I love being on the water, sailing with no motor, being just me and God. If you are, everything's God, but no motor. There's nothing more divine than that wind and you having respect and cooperation with it and getting to go where you want to go. And it's that, that, yeah, go on. Well, no, you know, you saying that it literally just sparked an idea that, um, you know, being a sailor is very, I I mean, it's going to sound somewhat, uh, simple or straightforward, but when we're, when we're sailing, we're actually in resilience because every single minute you have to be totally present. And I hadn't thought about this until you just said it, but I'm like, wait a minute, when you're on the water and you're in the wind and something happens, you have to be very present because you have to know, okay, what am I going to do next? But you can't be thinking ahead because you have no idea what's coming next. Um, so yeah, it's just funny that you met, you know, we got to talking about sailing when we're talking about resilience too. And it's something that, you know, I'm an ex-paratrooper, right? And so I used okay. to fly the planes with the army. And uh, and I remember there was a slogan up on the, the wall in the rigging hangar. And uh, it said, in the sea, you can make one mistake. Okay, you get, as a sailor, you can make one mistake. But in the air, you can make no mistakes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, but whether you're a paratrooper or a sailor, Try to, I mean, mistakes are great in trying to accomplish something. But when you're dealing with the really relatively unforgivable, relatively forces of the water and the wind, we we don't belong Mm -hmm. on the water and we don't belong in the air. Only with respect that we get to visit those places. um, Yes. Then then we can, can, with cooperation with God, and I might say God, I say that in the most non-religious way possible. yeah. We, can, we can find uh, that we can get what we want by using laws of physics, laws of success. And that and that was a bit of a digression, which was a wonderful one. I wanted to say <laughs> that I love, so being out in the water is just awesome. And one of the things I love about sailing is that it, there's hardly anything more relaxing or more terrifying than sailing. <laughs> Sometimes yes. I have both both emotions at the same time, which is a quite a yeah. quite an experience. On that yeah. when that gust picks up or a squall is coming, you know, and you're locking. Oh my god! Um, and yeah. but and I I love the water. I love being in the wilderness. I love being in the woods, mm-hmm. uh, especially when it's snowing. It's quiet virgin snow the snow is coming out it's one of the greatest 
places. And it only, only gets better than that by being up in the mountains because then you start seeing those, vis you see those vistas and those views and those yeah. huge swatch, you know, all these big horizons full of snow. Oh my God, it's just so awesome. So I wrote the, the book that just uh, is just coming out now. Can I, can I show it? Because I'm so excited please, about please. it. So this is, oh, let's, oh, let's see if I can get it to work. With uh, the back it up. There you go. Yes, right there. Uh, there you go. Okay, so it's no plaid suits. I'll, I'll stop moving. Um, how to have a not boring normal life. I love it. And the reason that, that I wanted to show, I'm, first of all, it's the first book I've written. So it's, um, I'm really excited about it. And it was written, <laughs> it's funny that you talk about being in the snow in the winter in the mountains. So it was written, uh, the first year it was written for, I spent three months in a cabin on the Clark Fork River outside of Missoula from January to March with a wood stove and my dog on six acres and lots of snow. And it was, it was the way that I started writing this book. Um, and, and there was a lot of, you know, I did a lot of hiking and snowshoeing every day with my dog in between writing stints, but so it's, you know, it, there's something about really being fed by nature, right? And for me, I know I always talk about nature and being outside in the mountains is my church. Because to me, that's that, you know, that whether we want to call it God or spirit or universe, there is an energy that we all feed off of as humans. Um, and that's, that's also, you know, in, in the Eastern religions, it's called Akash, the Akashic field. And so that's literally that Akashic field is what quantum physicists call universal energy and universal consciousness. So no matter what name you give it, we're all, we're all part of this connected energy field. And that's part of what I love about the work that you and I both do. You know, it could have it was like, it could have seemed like a setup with all everything I said to segue, <laughs> but it was not. It was not contrived in the slightest. It's so true. No. We both just happen to know through our own individual experiences, and she just testified how she really walks the walk three months isolated by herself or with a dog. Oh my god! I mean, let me tell you, I, I love, I'm a dog. I have six cats now. One died, uh, but I I'm really a dog guy. They're all rescue cats, and uh, mm -hmm. I traveled from. New York to California with my dog. I became homeless in Los Angeles and dog. So we've been up mountains, down valleys, cross rivers. You know, it's nothing like a good dog, especially in the yes. wilderness. You know, I mean, you you're like you're my new temporary hero, right? I mean, <laughs> this is fantastic. Well, and you wrote, no a, pressure, wrote, a, wrote a self-help book. And 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 this is if you're watching, which no one is, everyone's listening. Our book mentions plaid. I put on a plaid shirt, but I'm not wearing a suit. Okay, there's right. a plaid short sleeve. I think no, and that's a good one. <laughs> so the yeah, so the title actually came. The book and the title. the The book came out of a series of blog posts I was writing when I was living in Asheville, North Carolina, a couple of years ago, right before I moved to Colorado. And I was writing for two years. I was writing six days a week in this local coffee shop. And every time I got stuck for a topic, I would ask the millennials and the baristas who were working there, like, what do you want to know at the end of the day today? Like, what would you like to know that you don't know now? And then I would take whatever topic they gave me and I would write an essay on it. And eventually people kept saying, well, when, when are you going to write the book? Like, when is this all getting into the book? And that's what prompted the book. And the title, No Plaid Suits, comes from one of the essays because I had a friend who's this super great guy 
has it together, super smart, very creative, very good looking, like corn fed. He's from uh, Iowa, like, you know, football, blonde hair, very, very, very nice guy. But he couldn't get a date to save his life. He'd get like one date and then the women would just disappear. And he's like, what is going on? And I said, dude, you're wearing a plaid suit and you don't know it. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, I, I never wear plaid. And I go, no, the plaid suit is all of your old habits and behaviors. And you're putting them on every morning and you're not looking at them. And they're clashing with whatever these women are wearing. Yeah. Said, so you got to check, like, what are the habits and patterns that you're showing up with every morning that you need to let go of? And just put on a nice, you know, white t-shirt and a good pair of jeans and a cool pair of sneaks. <laughs> I, and that I, was where the title came from. Fantastic. And I think a plaid suit can be cool as hell, but you're not going to be getting any dates wearing one. You're not going to be or going on many. dates. You're, right. you're not yeah. going to be going on dates or getting dates wearing a plaid suit. Now, if you want attention, you want to show how individual, individualized you are, which I'm all for. Fantastic. Right. But in terms right. of dating... You you try to get some match and try to get a little subtlety going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but that was where the title came from, and uh, right. yeah, and and just that idea, you know, the idea of when we we walk, we all walk around and we have these habits and we don't really see them. I mean, it's why coaching works so well, right? Because it's so much easier. We've all had this experience where you know we've got a friend and they show up and they're super excited about the person they met that they just started dating. They're like, oh, this person is so different from everybody else that I've ever dated. And you're like, no, they're not, <laughs> right? Yes. And we can see it, right. right? But they don't see it and we're like, yeah, you know, this person is pretty similar to who you've dated in the past. No, no, they're totally different. And then two, you know, a couple weeks later, or a month or two later, man, that person was the same. And, and it's like, yeah, we tried to tell you that because yeah. <laughs> uh, we can see it. None of us can see our blind spots. We all have them. You have them. I have them. You know, we've all got them. And it's also one of the reasons why as coaches, you know, there's always that moment where we can give as a gift to our clients or a gift to other people that we know, like very gently to say, hey, do you see this habit that's showing up? And maybe you want to just look at what that habit is creating in your life. And then you get to choose. Do you want to hang on to it or do you want to toss it out the window and get a new habit? Absolutely. We're all, you know, we're all, we all have these patterns and, and, and the, most probably uh, the, the beliefs at the root of them uh, were instilled in us from age one through four. <laughs> all right. Yes. And uh, not that we didn't learn things later, but they were built on top of that core time. And now uh, we have biases yes. and prejudices no matter our denials. Uh, and the thing is that to become aware of them and decide, do they serve us? Do I want to keep using them, you know, and change that. Now yeah. you've just written apparently a great new self-help book, which is fantastic, <laughs> you know, and, you know, I mentioned I, I, when we were talking, I created Proficio, which is a revolutionary mm -hmm. virtual coaching program, which is going to make self-help work. Uh, and I love self-help, uh, but if self-help work, that would have been, a millionaire 20 years ago then why am i not the millionaire and i and i my my goals were never financial they just you know i always all the goals i make i i make are, are x and the finances are just like a bonus you know the you know uh, yes an outgrowth uh it just happens uh, as an also but anyway so why you know, i've read many count countless self-help books why didn't i get the results i want well 
going back to what are they? They're the patterns, the pervasive patterns that I have. Unless I break them, all right, mm -hmm. then they're going to be pervasive and they're going to be persistent. So you uh, you've got to you get how do you how do you break them? Well, you get a coach <laughs> like Amrita, right? Or you continue to persist and to replace. Otherwise, they will come back. They will come back unless we keep it in our awareness and keep persisting. Uh, and then you can take the principles of a of a book like Amrita has written or any other personal development book and stick with it and that's why coaching our the coaching profession which we're both in has been growing since it was began in the early 90s more and more people uh are getting coaches because we help people really get results we help people pursue their goals uh and of, i know i would say self-help is a huge field but most people are not into self-help why well, i contend because they're they fear failure why should i read this book if i'm not going to succeed anyway and that they may have some validity to that, to that, but I also will contend that you know they're having a negative manifestation. Uh, but and then then there's then the get, if person wants to get more serious about getting results. They get a coach like you or me or, or in this in this growing field. But most people don't. Even less people want a coach because now they're going to have accountability or you know or they feel they think a perceived pressure uh, or or perceived fear of disapproval right that they think that a coach will judge them if they don't do well which of course that's the worst coach would do that <laughs> right coaches they don't do that yeah that's that's not a coach <laughs> right that's the worst kind of coach would do that well coaches you know would be exactly um so but that and that's a primary reason why i created proficio uh but, but you know and then and I think it's going to be created a success revolution that nonetheless, books like you've written, a person like you are, thank God for you. Uh, thank God you do what you do because we do great work. I mean, a coach is like a, like a therapist, but didn't have to go to school and is focused more on the future as opposed to therapists a little bit focused more on the past and oh we're going to get into that yeah uh, into reconciling yeah. the past all right i don't want to jump ahead all right let's take yeah. I, I i'm trying to i'm trying to restrain, <laughs> restrain myself because i can see you and i can have a digression or a tangent at any oh, moment. We, we could talk for days clearly <laughs> oh, we, we got we're simpatico no doubt okay let's take a moment to hear from our sponsor and we'll come right back with i'm rita rose this episode of Self-Help Coaching is brought to you by Proficio. When people learn something, they want to use it so it has real value. And the best teacher is experienced. Visit www.proficio.io. That's P-E-R-F-I-C-I-O dot I-O. Where Proficio will have you taking action with what you're learning immediately. You'll be closer to your goals before you even realize it. You're listening to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast with me, your host, Tony Petroza. We're having a fantastic conversation with the great Amrita Rose. We just mentioned her book. We're going to get more into that later because I want to know more about this book. But let me get into some other questions about what you do as a coach. And you may have profess it in your book probably. Uh, but okay, first, firstly, what are some what are some simple I want to let's let's talk about some immediate value that the listener can get. Um, what are some oh, simple good. practices that people can use to feel more confident and less stressed? 
So I, I thank you for letting me, because I love giving these things out to people. Um, so there are a couple really quick practices that people can do and you can try one or two for a week and then see how it goes. And then you can add another one or you can, if that one's not, if it doesn't land with you, try the next one. So the first one, and a lot of people may have heard about this, but the first one is a morning gratitude practice. And I wanna point out that it sounds, when I first heard the word gratitude practice, I thought, oh my God, I'm not religious. I'm not gonna do a gratitude practice. But when I started to study positive psychology, I realized, well, what gratitude practice really does is that it allows us to acknowledge what is working well in the world and what is working well in our lives. And human beings, because we have survived so long, we have an innate um, tendency to focus on the negative because focusing on the negative kept us from getting killed by tigers right, early on. And so we're always hyper aware of what is dangerous, what could kill us, what could derail us. And we don't often spend as much attention on noticing and acknowledging what's going well. So here's a really simple practice to do. And I love doing it first thing in the morning because it starts my day out really well. It's called what went well and why. And all you need to do is you can do it out loud. You don't have to write anything down. You pick one thing when you wake up in the morning, maybe you make your tea or your coffee and you pick one thing that has gone well in the time it took you to get out of bed to the time it took you to have your tea or coffee. And you just name like this thing went well, like it's a sunny day or wow, this is a really good cup of coffee this morning or oh, my dog or my cat looks so sweet or my kids were so quiet this morning, it was awesome. And then you wanna name why. So if it's a sunny day, why? Oh, because I took a moment to look out and notice that it's a sunny day or oh, my dog is always so cute and so sweet and she's so fuzzy. It's, you wanna name the what went well and why and pick one or two every morning to start your day. If you really wanna get into it, you can write them down. And then at the end of the week, just review them so that you're really acknowledging all the things that are going well. And just check in and like, see how, it's, how your whole day goes after you start your day like that. So that's the what went well and why practice. And then the second one that I really love, because I love sparkly things, I think the world would be better with more sparkles and glitter. Yeah. It's called a joy jar. And you can get a big jar and it could be, you know, big. I like a big glass jar. So go to Marshall's or something like that and get a big glass cookie jar. And then you put colorful pieces of paper in it. And on each one, you write down something that went well that day. And at the end of the day, you put them in and you can put a couple in every day. But when you're having a really bad day, like you get home from work or you get off your 5 million Zoom calls for the day and you're like, oh man, I feel wrecked. Like that was a really hard day. Reach into your joy jar, grab a couple and then read them out loud to yourself. And what it does is it, again, it reminds us of what's going well. And it's a way to build gratitude into every day. And here's the important thing about gratitude. Um, I'm terrible with figures, so if I, if I screw up this figure, please forgive me, but there's a lot of data in positive psychology, and one of the data points is that when we do a gratitude practice every day, there's a 47% reduction in depression, Wow. 47% reduction in depression, and if you do the gratitude practices for three weeks straight, the effects last for another three weeks. For every week you do it, 
you get a more you get a month more and for every month you do it you get like two or three months more of effect and the effect never diminishes if you keep doing the practice Fantastic. so think about that versus i'm not saying people don't need you know medication for depression but this is also another way if you're having seasonal affect disorder or you're just having like everything's really weird from pandemic right if you just need if you need to boost your mood try gratitude practice and these are two easy ones so the joy jar and the what's working well oh, i love it I, I i could say so much but let me just say this first of all i love i mean i i what you show i mean i i have suggestions and techniques to use the 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 idea of investment you you know uh, i invest in, into something why would i want to ruin it or, or give up on it and and i think that's part of the uh, what's a, a dynamic that's at work with your jar of of colored of color things mm -hmm. that, you know you you've got an investment there that you can use and then you and then of course it's tactile and then and then there, there could be a surprise and wow it's great but aside from and i have I, you know right you know i happen to be a recovered drug addict and i mm -hmm. you know and i used to go to aa and NA, and i would always announce myself as a grateful recovering addict and people of course, in our society, you know, we love instant gratification. You don't have to be an addict to want that. And we're yeah. very drug oriented society. Very, very, we want things quickly. So people want things in a pill. And uh, that's a big problem, I think, in the world. But I, I would mm -hmm. say, I would say to people, I say, yeah, if you want, you want that magic pill of recovery, the magic pill of addiction recovery is made of gratitude. Okay. That's what it's made out of. Take that, that magic gratitude pill, swallow that, and then you won't use, you won't use drugs. And I, you know, yeah. I, I don't work with, with people one-on-one -on -one anymore, but I just took on a, uh, someone, uh, my nephew, because my nephew, uh, as a, you know, as a mentor to recover him in addiction, uh, just very recently in the last few weeks. And he also suffers from depression. And, and the thing that, the first thing that I get him on is this gratitude because gratitude is where it's at. It is a game changer of perspective, of feeling mm -hmm. when things don't suck so bad and that, and that you want them and you're grateful for them. It's a whole other experience. And I, and I, and I really have them go through the hoops. I have them get, have a, write a gratitude list every morning and with no repeats, no yes. repeats. Okay. Yep, that's a great one too. Yeah. <laughs> the other one, can I share one more that I really please, love when I'm, please. that I use all the time when I'm having when I'm in a really bad mood, I do one of two things. I either bake brownies and I give them to my neighbors or I go to the supermarket. I find some excuse that there's something I have to buy at the supermarket and I get a, two bunches of flowers. And when after I check out, I look around and I see who looks like they're having a bad day. And I hand one of the bunches of flowers to them and say, "Have a, I hope your day gets better. And then I take the other bunch home and I stick it in a vase. So I get to look at it. But man, I can't tell you how much it lifts my spirits every single time, almost to the point of tears, every time when I hand those flowers over and that person's face lights up because that's the last thing on earth they expected when they were, you know, having wow. a terrible morning or their kids are screaming in the shopping cart or, you know, some guy is like, man, I'm having a really hard time. And you just hand them these flowers. So. Uh, Rita, the more we talk, the more... I, I I'm elated and maybe in a narcissistic way, because the more I see we have in common, <laughs> you know, what, <laughs> what, you know, what I like to do uh, is uh, when I open a Chinese fortune cookie 
It's to save the portion. Mm -hmm. I never throw them out. I save them so I can disperse them and distribute them arbitrarily later on. And I walk up to people and I just give them a fortune from a fortune cookie that I've had. And I just give it to them. I said, this is for you. And then I walk away. And you know, there's something good in there that they're going to extrapolate that their mind's going to find in some trans derivational search, you know, and and let the fortune do the work. And so, you know, this, there's so much good if we look for it. Uh, like you said, we're naturally negative. I am. Yeah. I was extremely na- naturally negative. Now I'm still negative, but I'm constantly weeding yeah. my mind from the negative weeds that grow there, the garden of my well, mind. Yeah, and I think too, our culture really teaches us to be negative because if we're negative, right? If we lack something, then we need to buy something to make ourselves feel better or we need to work harder to make more money so that we can buy the big house or the big car, the right clothing. And when we, I mean, think about how much our world would change if we all realized that we are infinite, eternal and whole. And we don't actually, we're not lacking anything, right? Can you imagine what the world would be like? Like, I mean, industry would probably fail, but just imagine how much kinder and how much more empathetic we would be on the street, meeting people every day, you know, just the people that you run into, the way that our culture would be if we recognize that we are lacking absolutely nothing as humans. All right. Everything everything is an add-on. Everything's an addition. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. already got, you know, we're not broken. Uh, and if you want to use that term, then fix yourself and then be done with it. Uh, we have we have all the resources we need internally. If we need external ones, then you use your internal ones to get them. You know, uh, we've yep. got it all. Okay, you know, great stuff. All right, let's take a moment to hear from our sponsor. We're going to come right back and then we're going to get into resilience because I know you've got something to say about that and I want to <laughs> hear what you've got to say about it. Okay, we'll come right back with Amrita Rose and we're going to be talking about resilience. This episode of Self-Help Coaching is brought to you by... Perficio. When Ben Franklin arrived in Philadelphia, all he had was 10 cents in his pocket. Despite this, he became America's first self-made man. Visit www.perficio.io. That's P-E-R-F-I-C-I-O dot I-O to actually have the knowledge and principles of Ben Franklin transferred into yourself. You are listening to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast with me, your host, Tony Petroza. We're having a vivacious conversation with Amrita Rose. I mean, and I'm doing my best to keep us moving in a direction because we can go any direction. This woman and I, we got, we're we're from the same tribe. Let's just say that. And in the same area, the same tribe. Uh, And not that we're so great, but we just, we're, we're committed to personal development. So we learned a couple of things along the way. I think that's a pretty good description of us. Uh, and and forgive me if I'm too presumptuous in that statement, Amrita. Uh, mm-hmm. so, no, I'm I'm right there with you. I feel like I feel like we're you know like you're the long lost brother that I've been. Yes, for. yes, yes. I agree. <laughs> yeah. I agree. That is. Oh, thank you. I yes, I concur. Very good. Hello, sister. <laughs> Hello. So, <laughs> nice and, to and see you again. You know my. <laughs> you too. It's been so long. My brother. He gave me a compliment very long ago, uh, many years ago. And a compliment from him is like a, like a holiday because, man, it's, it's pretty rare. And it was many mm-hmm. years ago. And he said, what I admire about you is your resilience. And I was like, wow, that is, that's great. And that is a, 
a great thing, a great thing for a person to have. I would say more than that. I'm not patting myself. I'm just saying that's something that I strive to have. You know, as a paratroop, I learned that. You know, you know, you know, roughing it and and being able to deal with come with what comes. But life, life's a bitch, okay. And a person's <laughs> got to be able to deal with it because it will knock you yeah. down. It, it will grind you up if you let it. And you know, nature is cruel, and not because of any malevolence, but because if you find out there's a there's a great benevolence in that and the same thing with the difficulty of life it can seem like a malevolent situation but it actually has a great benevolence you know and we if we get away from the judgments then we can we're moving we'll discover that more but it's it's you know it's hard it's difficult uh, and i gotta tell you, you know i you know i mentioned proficio which is this app that i'm created that's gonna revolution that's gonna transform self-help and usher in a success revolution. I truly believe that. And I'm, I just turned 57, mentioned I was a soldier, I was homeless, I was a drug addict, blah, blah, blah. This is the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life. I've been at this eight years, four years of pre-development, four years of development, we're two and, over two and a half years behind schedule, you know, undercapitalized, no one wants to give me more capital than I need. This is the most difficult thing I've ever had to do in my life. And thank God for it. I welcome it because this is what God has given me. Again, say that the most non-religious way possible. Uh, and it, it is hard as hell. I just established that. And it, if I didn't have the resilience to keep going, not only would I, would I quit and then it would be over, the world will never know how great this possibly could have been. Uh, but yeah. I make sure that the world does. So resilience is a pretty important thing. Uh, I think you would agree. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. You know, one of the things I was going to ask you to kind of flip the the interview a little bit, but oh my is, god, I'm on the during, hot seat. During, yeah, I'm going to put you in the hot seat for a minute. During the past 2 years or the past 4 years, how much if you had to guess like how many new things did you have to learn how to do to make this app? And would you ever have tried to learn how to do any of those if you hadn't wanted to bring this knowledge to the world? Hundreds. The answer is hundreds. I had to learn hundreds of new things in the last years to yeah. re regarding this app. Hundreds. I wear yeah. 20 hats, at least 20 hats in the company. Uh, yeah. and, uh, and I have a partner. He wears just about as many. And, I, and I'm constantly having to learn new things. And, and, and because that's what life demands of us. Yeah. So that that is, I mean, you just defined resilience really beautifully, right? Resilience is when we come up against something and we have to learn to not only move through the challenge, but grow from it. And growth is always knowledge. So being resilient is, is really about when things challenge us we either have a choice, we can get stopped dead in our tracks and we don't move forward and we don't grow, or we find a way to grow from it and we move forward. And that is, that's literally what being resilient means. I love yeah. it. So this app is making you even more resilient. In the I, I love of it. Uh, I know, and even as difficult as it is, uh, I, I don't have a doubt that in the future, I'll be able to look back and and be have nothing but gratitude for this difficult period that I went through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I now, mean that's yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, please. 
Well, you know, it, it was thinking about, you know, would I change? Like there was a time when I lived in my car and, you know, I write about it in the book, um, you know, about getting chased through a cornfield by the cops because I had slept overnight in my car in a cornfield. And this was in my late teens, early 20s. Um, and all of the crazy jobs that I've had and all of the things I've had to do. And, you know, I, I look back and I think, but all of that led to what I know now. And I feel like I wouldn't give one piece of knowledge or wisdom away, right? As challenging and, and just heartache, you know, that was yeah. there. But it was also, you know, as you said in the beginning, it's really also about how we look at what's our purpose on this planet. Like if the purpose is to grow and to experience everything possible, and when we can shift out of thinking like, oh, this is terrible. I don't want to feel these feelings. Like, I don't want to feel anger. I don't want to feel um, frustration. I don't want to feel sad. But when we start to look at those experiences, like, oh, this is an experience that I'm having. It makes it a little bit easier. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not saying that it makes anger fabulous or being sad, fabulous or grief set fabulous, but I think that when we can step back and kind of witness our own experiences, then we have a chance to be more resilient in those moments when we are having a really bad day or it's really sad or something terrible happens or we're frustrated. When we can step back and witness, oh, right, I'm feeling this now. And then notice, right, okay, so how do I shift myself out of that? What can I do in this moment? And to be honest, one of the easiest things people can do in that moment of like super sadness or anger or frustration is exhale three times, not inhale. Everybody always says, take a deep breath. Don't take a deep breath because when you take a deep breath, everything tightens up, right? So exhale, exhale three times. I guarantee the inhales will happen. Yes, All you have to do is concentrate on the exhales. And when we exhale, we trigger our parasympathetic nervous system. And that allows our body to calm down. And when our body calms down, our brain calms down. When the brain is calm, then it's easier to think clearly. And then when we think clearly, we can make better actions and we can choose the next thing we want to do. So it's this whole cycle that's so easy to get somebody into as long as you start with the exhale, which is the part I really like. So you, a person can increase their resilience by relaxing, by getting, by relaxing. And you do that by breath focusing on exhalation. Of course, they can also use their mm -hmm. physiology to change their body. Yes. Uh, you know, and, and let's get into the next thing. So that's enough about resilience. I mean, yeah. we could go on and on about that, but we got much more to talk about. Um, mm -hmm. Let's talk about meditation. Right? Most people hate meditation. Yes. And when I meditate, <laughs> I have a moment of silence. It's a major victory. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? it's, it can be extremely difficult to shut down the monkey mind. And matter of fact, it yes. is extremely difficult. And the pr yeah. more practice you, you, you have, like anything else, the better you'll become at it. Uh, what can a person do instead that will give them the same benefits of meditation? I know you're all about meditation, but that precise question. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, so two things. Um, one is I want to correct what a lot of people think meditation is because there are a million kinds of meditation, but the one thing they all have in common is that it means to focus your mind on one thing at a time. So if you're focusing your mind, if you're paying attention to one thing, you're meditating. And the trick is pay attention to that one thing 
and then keep paying attention to that one thing. And then even if it's just a minute, you've meditated for a minute. Um, the other thing is, you know, Pema Chodron is this wonderful Buddhist monk and she hold gave on, a let, talk. Let me, hold on, let me back you up <laughs> a second. I yeah. So you're saying if you could focus on one thing solely, that's a meditation? Yes. Because that at the root oh, that of, case, that at the root of pretty decent yeah. meditation. <laughs> right. And I think a lot of people, you know, they think you have to sit there with your legs crossed in your hands in this position and say, oh, a lot. And that's meditation. Yeah, that's one kind of meditation. But if you look at all of the meditative practices, they all come down to focus your mind on one thing at a time and keep focusing your mind on that one thing intentionally for some period of time. It might be a minute, it might be two minutes, it might be an hour or four. It doesn't matter as long as you don't let your mind move. And when your mind moves, cause it's going to, right? When your mind moves off that topic, then you just bring it back gently. You don't yell at yourself cause nobody likes to be yelled at. But so I could say, right, I'm gonna meditate. Like I could actually meditate right now while we're having this conversation. Because I could meditate on what is, what is being said? Like, what are the words that I'm hearing? And I'm letting my mind stay on, you know, what you're telling me. And I'm not being distracted by the fact that my dog is walking by me right now, or my cat is over in the corner. You, you'll have to forgive me, Amita, because yeah. I'm, I, I'm, you know, it's pretty ironic because you might see I'm distracted, but I'm uh -huh. actually very good distractions. The one distraction I would allow here because I had a hard stop, but I see that yes. just got canceled, which is I'm elated at because I'm so enjoying <laughs> this conversation that I don't want to, I want to let it have its natural flow so i i don't have that hard stop anymore and i'm so delighted at that and we can oh good obviously we, we don't want to yammer on and bore people That's no 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 but but yeah. i'm very glad that that hard stuff is is gone so uh that 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 constraint and, and all right so this is great so and you know this from coaching right when when you're coaching somebody often something will happen that's unexpected and it always relates exactly to what you're coaching the person on, right? <laughs> so what just happened in this, and I hope you leave this in if you can, but what just happened was we're talking about focusing on one thing. And in the middle of that conversation, right? We could imagine that your mind, right? Got pulled away because you got this message on your phone. Right. And so that's a perfect example of what happens when we decide to meditate, right? We might sit down or you might stand in your backyard and contemplate, you know, just look at a tree or look at a beautiful flower or notice, wow, I really need to cut the lawn, right? whatever it is. But if you're focusing on that and then something pulls your mind away, you just wanna bring your mind back gently and, and just say, oh, that's interesting. My mind wandered off. I'm gonna bring it back and I'm gonna focus again on the conversation or the tree or the flower or the fact that I'm looking at the grass, right? Whatever it is. And just that act of bringing your mind back, bringing your mind back, bringing it back and refocusing it, you will get better at it as you do it. But that is the practice of meditation. Fantastic. So it's not this like sitting, you don't have to wear a robe, you don't have to light a candle or strike a bell or anything like that. So that's yeah. the mechanic of it. So what can a person do yes. instead? Could you just focus on one so, thing and keep bringing their attention back to it? Is it that yeah, simple? so so the thing you can do is simply when you're going about your day, whatever you are doing in that moment, just 
keep bringing your mind back to focus on that one thing. If you can, if you're working, right, turn off your phone, put it on mute, try and, you know, if you've got like, I get email notifications on my screen a lot when I'm working, I turn those off if I'm working on a project and let your mind really focus on exactly what you're doing in that moment. And if you go through your whole day like that, so you're focusing and then the next thing that you're doing, you're focusing. And then maybe you go to lunch and you're focusing on eating, right? Don't eat in front of the TV. Don't, you know, you can have a conversation, but always be focusing on exactly what is in front of you. And you will go through your whole day meditating and not having to even think about meditating because oh. you've already done it for the whole day. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I know the value of meditation and I, and I, I know the value of focus and you just made uh, both that much more accessible. <laughs> uh, fantastic. That's the whole point. That's yeah. It's, I mean, it's super simple. And I think people are scared of it because the way it's always been presented has been, oh, you have to sit for an hour and who can, you know, if we've not learned how to do that, that's really hard. I mean, it took me forever to learn how to sit for 20 minutes. Yeah. So I always tell people, you know, if you really want, like after you practice, just going through your day, paying attention to what you're doing and, and try and cut down on all the other distractions, right? Close your office door or close the door where you're working, make somebody else take the dog out, whatever it is. And then if you do that for a couple of weeks and you're, you'll start to notice that your mind feels calmer and it's a lot easier to make decisions and know what you need to do next. And then if you want, Maybe you try, you know, sit for two minutes. And I always tell people when they want to, when I'm teaching meditation classes, sit for two minutes. You're not allowed to sit for longer, but for a whole week, you're only allowed to sit for two minutes or, or walk for two minutes meditating. And inevitably at the end of the week, they're like, but can I, I want to do five minutes or I want to do three minutes or I want to do seven minutes. So what you want to do is limit it in the first week to two minutes a day. And then just see what you naturally want to do next. And I guarantee you'll surprise yourself. Wow, that's, uh, I could imagine it. It's, it, it. I imagine it awesomely. That is fantastic. Let's take a moment to hear from our sponsor and we'll come right back with the extremely valued, generous person known as Amrita Rose. Great stuff, Amrita. Thank you so much for sharing this with the audience. This episode of Self-Help Coaching is brought to you by Perficio. Perficio learns more about you as you make progress and then uses that information to help you even more. It is quasi-AI. Visit www.perficio.io. That's P-E-R-F-I-C-I-O dot I-O, where you can be helped by something that learns more about you because that is the difference that makes the difference. You're listening to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast with me, your host, Tony Petroza, and the fantastic conversation we're having with Amri the Rose. And by the way, I, I want to I have to slightly modify what I said. I just thanked you for not just sharing, for sharing this stuff with my audience, which is very valuable. But I want to thank you for sharing it with, with me because I'm going to utilize this stuff. Thank you very much, Amrita. Oh, it's my pleasure. This is, I love, I love making people's lives happier. That's kind of why I do what I do. Great stuff. Now, uh, obviously, we're both coaches uh, and, mm -hmm. and uh, we're life coaches. There are at least 100 different kinds of coaches. Coaches are fantastic. First, you know, a person helps one person help, uh, you know, with their life do, in whatever facet or area. 
Uh, how can working with a coach or being in a group coaching really mm -hmm. help a person create a better life? Um, so one of the things that coaching can do, and I think I gave this example a little bit earlier too when we were talking, is you know we've all had the experience of doing something and then a friend will say, you know, you're doing that thing again that you do. And we're like, what, what thing? Right. And so a coach, the whole job of a coach is not to give advice. The job of a coach is not to tell you what to do. It's to point out the habits that you have that you're not seeing. And we all have it. We all have blind spots. We all have things we do that we don't recognize. Mm -hmm. And so when you're working with a coach, right, you generally, and I wanna talk a little bit uh, about the difference between therapy and coaching. So when you go to a therapist, typically you're going to spend a lot of time talking about how did I get here? Like you're going to talk about the past, right? And all the things that happened in the past, very useful, great to work with a therapist for certain things. And then coaching starts where therapy leaves off. So coaching, particularly positive psychology coaching, which is the work that I do, coaching starts with where am I now? Where do I want to get to? What are the action steps I need to take to get there? And so you spend time when you're working with a coach as you define, okay, well, where am I now? What's not working? What is working? How do I make more of what's working work better? What are the physical actions I need to take? And I specify like physical actions. Like, do you need to make phone calls? Do you need to do research? Do you need to write a paper? Do you need to have a meeting? But what are the physical actions you need to take to get to that goal that you want. And then the coach is the person that helps you when those old habits show up. The coach is my job, your job is to say, you know, here's this habit I'm seeing. So let's talk about that for a minute. Let's see how it's getting in your way. And then do you want to let go of it? What could you replace it with? What's a new habit you would like? Or what's a new belief that you wanna hold about yourself? Cause usually they're tied to beliefs. Yes. And then you move on and then you create the action steps to move forward. You do some reflection because it's always good to reflect on like, what am I letting go of? What am I moving into? And then you move towards the goal that you want. And that's really the benefit of coaching because it's really hard, as you've said, you know, there's a lot of million self-help books. There's a million different ways that people, you know, can research and Google, like, how do I change this about my life? How do I change that? But it's really about having somebody who totally believes in you, because I don't know a single coach who takes on clients that they don't actually believe in. And then having somebody hold you accountable, whether that's the kick in the ass accountable or whether it's the like, yeah, that totally sucks accountable. Yeah. Right? And then it's also- By the way, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the more of the kick in the ass type, but I have flexibility, yeah, which I must. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So there's always, for me, there's always a lot of humor and there's a lot of like, so how's that working for you? Yeah. Right. How's that, how's that dysfunction but, working out? <laughs> right. Right. So, you know, so having the coach is the person who can also step back and say, Hey, this is what I see happening. Take a moment to pay attention to this thing you haven't seen before. And then it's up to the client to really look at that. And so that's really where the work of coaching comes in. Um, you know, you, Tony, you mentioned something earlier that I wanted to um, touch on because I thought it was really important. I think, too, a lot of people, you know, look at self-help and they, they're kind of turned off because there's been this, like, self-help movement that's been rather effective. 
And I think there's two things um, that come into that. One is, I like the term self-generative, that when we're coaching people, we're really coaching them to be self-generative. We're coaching them into growth and we're coaching them into being their own coaches and to feel confident in doing that. Because if we do our job right, you know, they, they might come back for a tune-up at some point, but if we do our job right, they actually feel like, yeah, I've got the confidence. I know what I need to do. I, I know where I've changed and I know how to look at things in myself when I get stuck or when I get challenged. Um, now, and then the other thing is, okay, yeah. go oh, go ahead. No, gonna, go ahead. Okay. Let me compliment that, but I want you to bring that thought out. You know, as someone who created an app, who's going to transform self-help, I, this is something I spend a lot of time thinking about and yeah. you know, it's very, and so some people, uh, claim that self-help is an antiquated term, which I'm certainly not one of them. And they like the, they like the term personal development. I like personal development, which I think is a great term too, but I make a distinction, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Personal development can be self-help, which is the kind of help that a person does himself, like reading, yeah. like reading Amrita's book, uh, Amrita's books, uh, a book, and, or they can work with Amrita, uh, and that is no longer self-help. That's personal right. development because if it was just by yes. themselves, that could be self-help. But if they buy the book, or they get that's the self-help. But if they get involved in your course where you interact with them. Now it's mm-hmm. personal development, but we can also call it self-generative. This is a perfect synonym. Uh, if you have worked with them, you know, because otherwise it's just self-help and I love it, but yeah. it has some deficiencies. Oh, yeah. No, I, I completely agree. And I love that distinction because not many people make that distinction. Right. Absolutely. between self-help and personal development and personal development could be, you know, taking a bunch of classes from somebody. Absolutely. That's also personal. De- you know, I, I learn Italian. I, I'm, that's personal development, but it's not necessarily self-help. So I love, I love that you're defining it that way. Yeah. That's great. Um, now, the other, yes, oh, that's I- yeah, well, the other thing that, that I wanted to, that I, you know, I think people also look at the term life coach yeah. and, and one of the reasons they don't, work with a life coach is they often think, well, I don't believe that I can change, or I don't know that this is going to be worth my time and money because it's just, it's only quote unquote, only my life. Right. And one of the things that when I was, uh, there's a blog post I wrote about where life coaching actually started. And I was actually surprised. Um, it started with a financial advisor in the seventies. And this financial advisor who started life coaching as part of Landmark, uh, he was part of the Landmark um, company. But oh, he was. By the giving... way, the, let me let me interject for a moment. Oh yeah. For those who don't know, Landmark Forum was the evolution of Est, which was very big in the seventies. And I, I love Est. I never went to any trainings of Landmark, but I I love Werner Erhard. I'm all about self help, so why wouldn't I? Uh, that was great, yeah. great training. And basically, for those who don't know, it's basically. Stop with the bullshit already and get real about your life. Yes. <laughs> okay. okay. Yep. Back to you. Okay. <laughs> Back to you. So, yeah. So, so he originated life coaching because he was a financial advisor. And what he realized was in talking to his clients about how to organize their finances and their financial life, he was also giving them life coaching. And so he coined the term in the seventies. Oh, and wow. so, So this idea of, you know, when we think about 
the value of life coaching, whether it's individual or whether it's with a group. I'm, I'm actually leaving tomorrow morning to go uh, teach at a women's retreat. And part of what we're talking about is the beliefs that we hold around money, right? And that is a part of life coaching because that's a part of life, right? We all have to deal with money and ideas around money and how we make money and how we feel successful and how we measure success and also how we can stand in our own power and how we can ask for what we need. Like a lot of people who like, who do life coaching um, as clients, all of a sudden, you know, after a few months of coaching, they're like, wow, I have the confidence to actually go to my boss and say, you know, I've been here three years. I really deserve a good raise. And they know how to ask for it and get it. And I think that's also, you know, one of the things that people think about when they think about life coaching, they just think about like their personal life and they don't think about, oh no, it's my whole life. Right. It's all the parts. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm getting back, going back a step or two uh, in mm -hmm. terms of therapists and coaching, you know, you, you made an excellent description of it. And uh, of course, people, we think about time all the time. We think about the past, we think about the future. Uh, and and the thing about therapists and therapy is fantastic. I I many, for many times I considered becoming a therapist until I finally said, wait a second, I, I got to stop with this almost recurring obsessive thought to you know become a psych, uh, you know a degree psychologist and just mm -hmm. focus on be, I you know because of proficio, which is this app which is going to transform self-help i said let me just focus on being an entrepreneur because i'm gonna i'm gonna i can help a lot more people and and make a much greater impact in the world i yes. i claim as as this creator of proficio but therapists are do great work and they help reconcile with the past but the problem with the past is the past is always over <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> right and and code and <laughs> yes right? it's always over and the and coaches can help you with the future and the problem with the future is we never get to the future. It, we're right. always living in the present, always, always, no matter how much past you got, no matter how much future you got, it doesn't matter. It's always now. That's the only true reality is now. And whether there be a therapist helping you reconcile with the past or future, a, co a coach helping you pursue the future that you want, uh, the magic is always now. That's the only time you can do anything. It's the only time your God can keep you clean from addiction or whatever. It doesn't matter. And, and if you read a, a book like Amrita has written or you get uh, you hire her and, she, and you're her client or you're in a group coaching class, you've got to understand that the only time you can make anything happen is right now. And that's the great gift that we all have. Well, I, I, I contend that the great, greatest gift that we all have is ourselves, our life. My, your yeah. life and my life that's my great gift from god and and we share this beautiful gift uh which is universal gift which is consciousness that's all we all have the same exact consciousness we wake up in the morning and we have a thought welcome mm -hmm. to consciousness <laughs> we all share yes. it right but we yeah. have different minds which is you know and there's the ego how i identify myself right my individual and, and that's my ego and my in my mind is my individual expression and ideas and we if we really embrace this reality which is always now whether we read mm -hmm. a book or we get a person an expert like amrita we can get the most out of it 
And or we I work with an app. Or we work, <laughs> or with, we work with an app. <laughs> it all depends on how much a person wants to improve themselves. Because guess what, people? The, here's, the, here's the secret. People, we, all, we want all sorts of things in life. I want this. I want that. The way you get it is by changing yourself. Because you're never going to get anything that you never had before without doing something that you've never done before. Yeah. <laughs> you must do Can something. I yeah, you have to do something different if you want a different outcome. Um, you mentioned something a minute ago about the only moment we're ever in is the present. And I know the idea of that can also be can often be really um, the idea of that can be often very uh, uh, abstract. Yeah. So I want to give your can I give your listeners a little Please. a little cool practice? By all means. So if you take a moment and you notice your breath in this moment, and again, notice your breath in this moment. Now, bring your bring your mind back from the past or wherever it's wandered into the future, and bring your mind back to this moment and take a breath and just notice your breath. And notice what you're feeling emotionally, and then let your mind wander back into the past for a minute, and notice if anxiety comes up or regret. And then bring your mind back to the present. Notice your breath. Notice what you're feeling in this moment. And then let your mind wander into the future a little ways and notice if worry comes up. And then bring your mind back to the present. Bring your mind back to your breath. And so what you may notice is in the present moment, worry and anxiety and regret don't exist. But the minute we start to think about the past, there's a lot of regret. And when we think about, or recrimination is the other one, right? When we think about the future, anxiety and worry come in. Because we can't know the future. We can't change the past. But when we're in the present moment, there's this calm, quiet, inner sense of well-being. So that's another practice that, that you fantastic. all can give a shot to. It's fantastic. Beautiful. And people need to understand, perfect compliment to your, your technique, is that fear only exists between our ears. It doesn't exist in the world. And if we want to have it in the future, which is anxiety, or we want to have it about the past, which is regret, uh, it's such a great waste because those things don't even exist. The future and the past, <laughs> they don't exist. The only time, one thing real is now. So if you're gonna, if you're gonna have fear and have it now, that's the thing that stops you. Uh, so you can get rid of it now where it stops you, or you can have it think about the future, which doesn't exist. You can have it on the past, which is over. Fear is the ultimate destroyer. And any, any point of time, those three points of time you want to have it, is so unnecessary and really something of a mistake, uh, to use that term. Uh, or in, in, in evolution, we're all very fallible creatures. Uh, but when you when you commit to a pers to personal development, you start really disassembling or this fear the effect of this fear you know you, you may not be able to eradicate it but you can improve your courage <laughs> mm -hmm. right and, yep. then, and then you can feel the fear and do it anyway which is awesome and that's yep. and that's used that's usually the description of bravery by the way people it's not that per person becomes a lion heart and they don't and they sans fear no they just they just feel it and they they you know they have faith faith is, is a thing that that a person needs more than anything. And that's believing in something without evidence, you know, and you can yeah. get to that place using some evidence, but then there comes a point where you have to make a leap. 
You have to make some yeah. sort of leap, whether it would be a small one or not. But you've got to say, I want more for myself. And then you go out and you get a book by Amrita Rose. You get you get, hire her as a coach, you know, because you want more and you realize you have to be more to, to get more. And that's how yeah. it works. So how so can a person just buy your book, Amrita? Uh, they will be able to very soon. It will be, so it's No Plaid Suits, How Not to Have a Normal, Boring Life by Amrita Rose. And it will be on Amazon very soon. There will be a hard print copy, an ebook copy. And then I'm about to actually go into the studio in a couple of weeks to record the audible version, which I'm super excited about. Um, so you get to listen to me snickering and laughing as I mess up, probably. Um, but it will be, you know, it's very important to me that it's it's really the heart and the voice that I wrote it in. And then um, in I'm the gonna, meanwhile, I'm going to get yeah. your book on Audible. It's, I'm, yeah, I'm really excited about it. Um, I'm going to get it. Very good. Perfect. Um, and then, uh, yeah, if people want to read my blog, um, or get in touch with me, you can find me on anunstoppablelife.com. And um, then there's also, um, an, and you can figure out how to do this, but there's a free gift if you're listening to this today. Um, there is a resilience toolkit, which is a self-paced course um, that includes 63-page workbook, wow. audio lessons, yeah, I, I kind of go overboard, you know, it started as a 10 page thing. And I was like, well, wait, I really want them to know this too. So, um, so there's a 63 page workbook, there's audio lessons, there's guided meditation practices. And if you go through the whole course, you also get a free 45 minute one on one strategy session with me. Wow. I mean, I, so. that's a great free gifts plural that's fantastic uh, <laughs> i know my business coach yells at me but i'm like no this is why i'm in the world <laughs> to help people wow. thank you very much for for offering yeah. to those gifts to the audience uh people you're listening take her up on on the value that she offers you that's great stuff yep. so there'll uh, be a code i'm sure you'll you'll i'll give you the code no, but there's no. a code for 20 percent okay 20 percent off for that if they okay say what the code is uh right now amrita so the code is the word resilience, all go. capital letters. All caps, resilience, uh, when you go to- No, resilient. Re, oh, resilient. Okay. The, resilient. Right. That's yeah. the uh, that's the adverb or the, that's the adjective. Yes. Oh. That's the okay. adjective. Adjective. With the T. <laughs> ending with the T. Uh, resilient, all caps, to get um, the coupon code- 20% off. For, for the self-paced course. For the self so the price is $97 and you get 20% off and you get a free strategy coaching session with me, which is about 250 bucks. Fantastic. So go to anunstoppablelife.com. You can get her free course. You can get the post free course, free uh, uh, consultation. Oh, no, not uh, what is it? With so, so if here, let me make it really simple. Yeah. And we'll, we'll take a pause for your editor. Cause he's going to want to cut part of that. So no, if no, you go we'll to, just go on, yeah. go on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you go to anunstoppablelife.com and you go to the, um, sign up for the resources that will take you to the page with all the resources, you'll find free resources there. You'll find the resilience toolkit. And if you go into the resilience toolkit and enter the code 
resilient, you'll get 20% off the $97 price. Fantastic. And, you know, we're going to have all your social media profiles set up. We'll create a profile for you on our website. So a person can go to your, your social media Perfect. on your site or on our, on our, our site. Uh, you have been a fantastic, a really, uh, I would say refreshing, yes, refreshing. But I would say, you know what, invigorating. You invigorated me, Amrita. So this is oh, thank been, you. This has been so wonderful. Uh, you've given such great value to my audience. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much for coming on. Oh. It's a pleasure to meet you. Uh, do you have any final remarks? Just that it was really a pleasure talking with you. And I can't wait for your app to come out because now I'm super excited about it. And even more so, I know you mentioned the school up in upstate New York, and that would be fantastic. And if you ever want somebody to come coach, you know, teach occasionally, I would love to do it. That yeah. is noted. Uh, for those listening, I I told Amrita before the the interview, I have a dream to create a, a university up in the mountains around Lake Placid, the mountaintops, uh, an American called American Success College, which teaches personal development and uh, ways to improve the self. You know, doesn't teach us academic. It doesn't teach academic curriculum, and it's going to be up in the mountains, tops. So great stuff. Thank you so much. Very much uh, a pleasure Thank to meet you, you Amrita. And I, I remember everyone. We're all responsible for ourselves, and we could all use a little help. And with that. Thank you, Amrita, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Self-Help Coaching. Thank you for tuning in to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast, where insights, attitudes, and methods for success get illuminated. Learn what leaders and change workers have done and are doing now to create magnificent futures. Remember to visit our website at self-helpcoaching.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, Subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Self-Help Coaching Podcast.